Constructing your life is about much more than just building a bank account. Each week, join real estate entrepreneur and mindset coach Austin Linney as he interviews guests who are constructing their dream lives and impacting the world around them on a daily basis. If you're an entrepreneur or wanting to start a business, or you just want to hear motivating stories of how others have overcome the odds, you are in the right place. And now for your host, Austin Linney. Guys, welcome back to Construct Your Life. This is Austin Linney here. I have the honor of having Mr. Colin Smith here. How are you doing, sir? Good, man. Good. Thanks for having me. You got it, my man. Guys, before we get started here, um, somebody was crazy enough to sponsor this uh, podcast. Uh, Gotta love my man, Adam Carswell. Uh, If you have not checked out his podcast, Dream Chasers, uh, go over to dreamchasers.com. Man, he's a great dude, great podcast. So we appreciate his sponsorship. But Colin, I want to make sure that uh, we start your story from where you want to start your story and uh, kind of let you go from there, my man. Absolutely. So <clears throat> really where, where I want to start or what I've been thinking is kind of, you know, recently when my, my, my life is, has recently started to take off, I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty boring details, but 11 months ago was when I decided to kick the can and get, get sober from, from, from drugs and alcohol. Um, my past before that was very like uh, start and stop w- w- when it came to that. But it was recently that, you know, I really, really decided that enough was enough. I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I would say, you know, the last 11 months, uh, I've seen more growth than I've ever seen in my entire life. Mm-hmm. And 11 months ago, who was Colin Smith? 11 months ago, Cullen Smith was, I don't want to say a nobody, but, but, but really, really I I was, I had no values. I had no moral compass. I had no hopes and dreams. Cullen Smith was, was basically in limbo, um, you know, black, blacked out on the kitchen floor. And what decisions that you made over those couple years got you there? I would say um, one of the biggest decisions was how I spoke to myself how I treated myself. I think, you know, deep down, um, I always had a, you know, a conscience, right? So there was always a little, a little voice in my head that said, you know, that I didn't want to live this way, but realistically speaking, my own self-talk and my own ego always squashed that. I would tell myself that, you know, I wasn't enough, right? Or I could never do it even if I tried, or I would justify it in my own mind that, you know, what I was doing was okay. It was realistic. And that, you know, I wasn't so different from other people when realistically I was so far off the grid. And to give people uh, a context point, you don't have to go into all the details that you don't want mm-hmm. to. I'm sure your parents will see this, but but basically, uh, basically explain to them where you were and what was happening so we can build the, the story. Yeah, of course. So, so I mean, I'm, I wear my heart on my sleeve. Um, I, I got nothing to hide. The, you know, I doing to go into like a day in the life of me was, re- sure. was really, I, I, I did all the things I needed to, I, I needed to do. I, I went to work, I went to school. Um, you know, I tried my, my, my best in those areas of my life, but it was always when I came home is when the bad decisions would, would start for me. So like a day in the life of me was I would drink, you know, 12, 12 tall boys and I would drink two, uh, two huge bottles of, of whiskey every single night and then top that off with, with, um, copious amounts of amounts of drugs. And 
you know, even, even just a, a little fraction of that was enough to, to dwindle the spark, you know, that. Go ahead. Keep going. Sorry. Um, so basically a, a day in the life of me would be, you know, I went to work, I went to school, I did all the things I needed to do. Yeah, we, when, got, all, we got all that. You said, you said it dwindled your hope. Okay. Yeah. So even just a fraction of, of that dwindled the spark, took away the spark that, you know, I feel like a lot of us have that little voice in our head that pushes us forward. Really. It was, um, it was the chair in like a wrestling match, you know, it was, it was, that was them coming through with the folding chair and just making sure that I stayed down. And, and what's interesting is when we're in that dynamic, because I was, and I'm sure you were too, mm-hmm. we think and I, I posted this yesterday. We think that the world gave up on us, but we gave up on ourselves. Absolutely. I have to say one of you know the biggest realizations for me, and I talk about this all the time in some of the videos that I post. I was blaming the world for the shit storm that I created for myself. So I was always pointing the finger out rather than pointing the finger in. And real recovery didn't start for me until I started to take personal responsibility for my actions. Mm-hmm. And, and that even means the people that wronged me. I had to look at that situation and realize, like, you know, what part did I play in, in those negative situations? Because we, we play a part in everything, right? Every decision that we make, even if we can't choose what happens to us, it's our choice how we choose to react to it. It's interesting. The same thing for me until I took ownership of my own shit and stopped blaming everybody else was when everything started shifting for me. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Because in, in that process, we're, we're looking at how we react to things and, and how we perceive things. And, you know, once we realize that, once we admit that to ourselves and accept the, the, the fact that, you know, we are the creators of our own destiny, it kind of lights the fire under our asses you know, that we need to do what we need to do. So I had to look at, you know, my life and I had to say, okay, I had to throw my ego aside and say, what I've been doing isn't working. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was- so I got to tell you a funny story on that vein real quick. So my dream is to be a motivational speaker for men that have been divorced more than three times. And I'm going to charge $20,000 for the ticket I'm going to walk into the auditorium. I'm going to slam my hand on the gavel and say, obviously what your work, what you're doing is not working and just walk out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and, you know, I say that to people all the time, Austin, right? Cause you know what we, and I was this person, but we all um, know that person that says all of their exes were crazy. Right. And yeah. you know, every single situation. And even if maybe, even if maybe they were, we still play a part in that. And maybe it's the people we are the people we choose to spend our time around. Right. More importantly, the people that you attract. Exactly. Exactly. So, so through this whole thing, you know, you've been sober, you started getting tired of your own shit. You've got some cool stuff going on and, and kind of tell what I would describe as like coming out of the fog of your life, like kind of start from back there and tell us like how that, yeah going totally so even even before i'd originally got sober i um i own i'm a a co-founder of a a business a clothing company called three hive 
And um, what's so cool about that is it's, it's a clothing company that tries to combat habitat loss for bees and other pollinators through um, online education, through awareness, so, you know, our, our apparel is the awareness piece and through um, planting wildflowers. So, you know, bees love um, wildflowers native to the spot that they live. So all of our clothes come with um, a plantable uh, seed paper tag. So instead of throwing out your tag, you plant your tag and your tag grows a wildflower. So that's kind of the premise of, of the clothing company. And, you know, that's one of the cool things that, that I've been working on. And that has really taken off since I got sober. Um, because right now there's no distractions. And when you get sober and, and when I started to tackle all of this personal development stuff, the one of the things that I learned is, you know, as I grow as a person, so does my business. And that's why when you, when you look, when you study all of these really successful entrepreneurs and you ask them, you know, you know, what do you do that makes you so successful? They're not necessarily talking about marketing strategies or they're not talking about the best, the best accounting software. They're talking about all mindset stuff because as they grow, so does their business and so do their goals. So, you know, coming out of the fog of, of recovery, I was pretty lucky because I had this business that I was already extremely passionate about. Right. So, you know, the way I look at three hive is it's my legacy. It is, it is my why, you know, I'm very passionate about the environment and that is the, one of the things that gets me out of bed every morning. But when I was still drinking and using, this goes back to when I talked about um, the substance dimming the spark, right. It was almost like the alcohol and the drugs uh, held a higher ground than all of the things I was passionate about. So, you know, I couldn't get out of the bed in the, in the morning because it was almost like I was being held victim to this obsession uh, that I had in my own mind. But once I got rid of that and I really started to look into the nitty gritty of, of what was going on because the alcohol and the drugs were just the side effect of a, of a deeper rooted issue. Once I started to tackle that dude in the, like I said, in 11 months, so much has happened. So there's the, um, there's three hive, the clothing brand. There's also, I do mindset coaching as well. Um, I'm, and I'm going to get my real estate license later on in the year and get into that game. No, and I love it. And something that I think could serve a lot of people by dipping into a story when we first started coaching is when you put off uh, those cold calls that you needed to make for a couple of months. And then I kind of like made you turn on some rage against machine and just make one phone call. Yeah. Like walk us through that. So I think everybody get a ton of value because I know that people do this every day in their life. Every day. Oh, absolutely. So I consider myself a really personable guy. I'm really good at talking to people. I've always been a networker. That's always been one of my strong suits. Um, but one of the routes we were going with three hive is, you know, I, I, I wanted to call local businesses around the area and, and, you know, develop partnerships. So either we would wholesale to them, or maybe we would do like a cool giveaway or a collaboration or really any, any way we could implement ourselves into another business. And I was, I was fucking terrified. I was terrified. I would sit there and I would stare at my phone. I had a list out and I would stare at my phone. And, you know, I, I bet a lot of people can identify this, you know, when I'm in that situation, when I'm terrified, all the things I hate doing seem really good. So I'd be sitting there staring at my phone or waiting to make the calls. And then, oh, you know what? Maybe I should go vacuum the house. 
or, or I think the bathroom needs cleaning, or I would do all of these things that would take me away from that current moment because I was just, I was so afraid of the fact that they were going to say no. And what you did, Austin, is you really helped wrap my head around that um, in a constructive way. A, I, we had to look at failure and why I was so afraid of failure. And B, there was also no ri- a goal written down. So all I told myself is I want to call people. I never said I want to call five people a day. So once I wrote that goal down and once I had really looked at failure and, and, and looked at it in the lens of, you know, every single time a client says no to me or a potential client says no to me, I can look at that situation and I can tweak my approach based on, on how they react. Right. So that was a huge telltale for me. I mean, as soon as you told me that and opened up that door, I made the first call and it all changed. Yeah. You made the first call, but what happened? Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I got the biggest sale that, that we've ever had. That first call I made, the first call I made, I on record today, um, an an amazing company locally where I live, bought you know, a, a a ton of clothing from us. And we developed a beautiful relationship that still exists to this day. And ultimately, there's a there's a separation gap between our fears and reality. Mm-hmm. And the fears are the story we create our, in our mind of why why what's going to happen happened. But here's the kicker: you don't control shit. No. You don't control anything, but you control your actions. Mm-hmm. And so your actions are to make five phone calls. You don't control the outcome of said phone calls, but you control doing the phone calls. Exactly. And, you know, in my research um, on fear, one of the things I've learned is really all fear is, is the unknown, right? We don't know the outcome. And as a human being, you know, our minds love comfort and our minds love habit and, and, and our brains love to predict what happens. And when you can't predict what's going to happen, you go into fight or flight, right? And we need to have that conscious shift in our mindset to, to constantly push us forward. And then that kind of comes back to our daily habits. So one of the things I've been reading a lot about lately is daily habits. And the way that I like to put it um, into context for myself, it's easy for me to understand. Me, I had a job, uh, I don't know if anyone else has, but a job where say you have to go to a, a work event and your boss says, make sure you're on your best behavior because you're representing the company. The way I like to look at it is my daily habits are me going to the work event and like the rest, you know, how, how the world views me is the company, right? So my habits are a reflection of who I am and my daily habits are, are the, the employees showing up and they kind of write what my morals, values, and goals are for the world to see, if that makes sense. No, I love it. And I think ultimately something that we talk about a lot is that everybody's so worried about how said person's going to react, how the government's going to react, how the weather's going to react, how your TV's going to, all these things. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that you can have solace in, the one thing that you can sit in here is that you can control how you react. And by not doing the thing, you're not allowing yourself the rewards of said thing. And yeah. so we have to ask ourselves, like, at what point are we going to stop bullshitting ourselves? At what point are we going to stop making up lies and just go in and do the damn thing? Right. Yeah. And one of my friends who lives in town, I love this quote. He says, don't be, don't talk about it. Be about it. Yeah. Like, exactly. and I love that. Right. And so, um, 
you know, I think one of the things that I appreciate about you is that you, you understand where we've got into is like business. Like what I would love to talk about and kind of, I think this would get a, a lot of people some good value is when, when we, when we change the, your view of your beehive company to, this is more of a legacy than a transaction to get me where I need to go. And that shifts almost every priority in your life because it, it removes the, the pressure against said startup, which is already hard enough. Mm-hmm. So it, you said it perfectly. I used to look at this as a transaction as, you know, a potential paycheck. And what that did is that took away from the why, right? This is something I love to do. And this is something that I'm passionate about doing. And you know what, like, it sounds so cheesy, but you hear it all the time. People say, find a job that doesn't feel like work. And at first I was like, that's dumb. But now I realize that it's true. You know, when, when we're working on the business, when I'm talking to, to potential clients or customers about who we are, I'm having so much fun because we're making a change and I know that. So three hive is bigger than me. That's my goal, right? I wake up and I show up and I know one day this company will be bigger than me. And, you know, when you and I started to talk about real estate, Austin, that's when the, the shift started to happen for me. And I realized that three hive isn't the vehicle. Three hive is the vision But now what I need to do is I need to look at my life and my day to day. You know, what do I do for wellness? You know, what do I do for um, financial gain? All of those things. And I need to set up my my life to achieve that vision. So even for me, um, real estate is part of the process, right? That's one of the reasons why I want to get into real estate. And I spin it in my own mind. Um, you know, you're, you're helping someone make the biggest financial decision of their life and you're helping making, make it stress-free. That's beautiful in itself. But at the same time, it's a driver to get me from point A to point B. And it's not just real estate, right? You know, that's what I tell myself when I wake up and I, I don't want to meditate or I don't want to journal or I don't want to write about my gratitudes or I don't want to eat something healthy for breakfast. That's, you know, all of those little things are part of that bigger vision. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, those little things compound over time on top of each other. We as people claim that it's other people's opinions or other people's views that control who we are. And ultimately, we have to ask ourselves every day, you know, what are we at? What do we want? What are we going after? And then what can I actually accomplish? Like, yeah, I think we, I think we gravitate towards putting so many things on our plate that we can't even get a win. Like, you know, I tell everybody like, they're just an iPhone with like 30 fucking apps open, (laughs) you know, but you have to start with like little wins. You have to start with like this process, right. Of like getting better and, and, and creating these wins and, and stuff like that. And so, you know, for anybody that's your age, that's younger, that's, that's kind of lost, right. Mm-hmm. What do you think like one to two things they could do to change their life right now? Right now? Well, when I, when I look at, when we look at, um, at little wins, I, I totally agree. And I just heard this quote the other day and I love it. Um, 
most people overestimate what they can accomplish in 24 hours, but underestimate what they can accomplish in 10 years. So when I look at someone my, my age, and I don't know for, for people listening, I'm, I'm 23 years old. Um, there are, you know, what this did for me is this started the process in me finally starting um, to believe in myself. So little things we can all do, wake up earlier, right? Set a time that you want to go to bed and you want to wake up at every, every single day and have somebody hold you accountable to that. That is a tiny, a tiny change, a minuscule change. And you know what? If you wake up at 10 a.m., don't aim for 4 a.m., right? Aim for 9 a.m. And do that for a bit and then aim for 8 a.m. and do that for a bit, right? That's, you know, it's not just the getting up early that is good, even though you will have more hours in your day and you'll be more energized. But it's the fact that you did something that like you accomplished a goal that you set. So um, I know a lot of kids my age, you know, we, they don't set goals, right? They, they go through life and, and things, I don't want to say things are handed to them, but it's almost like. It's almost like what? Sorry, guys, we'll get it all lined out here. He's in Canada. They don't like their internet there. So, you know, ultimately, guys, what he's talking about is creating these small <laughs> wins. You there? Go ahead. Just keep going. Yeah, yeah, I'm here now. Yeah. So, uh, you know, as a, as a kid, a lot of the things that, that, you know, our lives are already, you know, planned out for us, right? You know, you go to elementary school, you go to high school, you go to college, you, you, you get a job. We don't do any thinking for ourselves. So, you know, these small goals and these small wins, that's what they amount to is the fact that, you know, like when I first set a goal and I said, I want to get up at, you know, say five o'clock and I started to do that, I realized I'm feeling better because of that. And this is something that I accomplished. I am in control here. Another thing is, is, um, you could, you know, look at the food that you eat, right? Look at the food that you eat um, and, and maybe make a meal plan based, based on, you know, healthy eating. If you, you could implement journaling or meditation into your life, right? I know my journaling and my meditation, it takes up 20 minutes of my day every day. And the thing is, there's no overhead other than a journal from the dollar store, right? Mm -hmm. These are things that don't cost big money, but they help center ourselves. And then they also prove to ourselves that we can do it. Mm -hmm. And and we, and one of the things me and you talk about a lot is that people put obstacles in their way so they don't have to do something. Yep. Just explain two or three things that don't cost a dime, but yet we don't want to do them every day. And so you have to ask yourself, like, are you cool with like being where you're, where you are? Like you can stay right where you are for the rest of your life. Like have mm -hmm. fun with that. But what we're creating is is something bigger and greater because our impact, right? We were we were spared in the addiction. We were spared in everything. And, and so the question that you have to ask yourself every day is like, what are we going to do today to create impact? What are we going to do to make a better life for myself? And those small choices we make every day, those little bitty decisions are going to create this big thing when we stare back and look. And something that we've talked about is your standards of your day every week get greater and greater and greater, right? Mm -hmm. we're, we're talking about that today, right? The fact that, you know, my bad days today are so much better than even my best days a year ago, 
mm-hmm. right? And and you know what we talk like I'm a huge firm believer in in the fact that we need to do the things that we need to do for ourselves, right? Because if we do it for other people, um, we're never going to accomplish anything. But at the same time, helping people is a huge part of my life. So you know, now that I'm a coach, I've, I've I realize that I'm doing this stuff for me. But what my clients get out of my coaching is based on how I treat myself. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, if I'm the best person that I can be for me, think about how many other people's lives I can change in the process. And that's not just a me thing that goes for anybody. Right. We all have a story and our story can change the lives of, of people around us. And I even have a little story about just the, the immense impact that, you know, human beings can have on each other. So I was um, I was dating this girl. And I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty details, but it wasn't a good relationship. And I was walking home one day from school and I was so mad. We, I think we just got in a fight and I was so mad at the world. Like, you know, when you're, you're so angry that you like nothing, every bone in your body wants to be mad. And I'm walking past this man. He was an older gentleman and he was out cutting his grass. And all he did is he looked at me and smiled. That's all he did. And no matter how mad I wanted to be, I couldn't be anymore. I was grinning from cheek to cheek the rest of the walk home. And I was on cloud nine. And all this, all this dude did is he looked at me and he smiled and he showed me kindness and compassion. And it was at that moment that I realized the immense impact that we have on the people around us and also the immense impact that the people around us have on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that can work positively or negatively. What an amazing story. And ultimately what you're saying is that if you're not where you want to be, yes, you can control that. But also it's very important to take inventory of your environment around you, who you're hanging around, the conversations that you're having, the stuff that you're putting in your head. Everything matters. Everything becomes a thing. Everything becomes something. And so the question is is by tweaking one or two things by smiling when you don't want to you know i tell people all the time like try to be in a bad mood and fucking dance i do yeah, you can't you can't fucking do it you can't fucking do it turn on a little fucking marvin gay you can't be in a bad mood fucking shit gets weird like you know what i'm saying but like we've conditioned ourselves to believe that that has to be what we do it has to, this is the connotation to this and it's so separate from that because we have to change state. We have to change what we do. And, you know, how are you, you know, you're, you're young, you've been, there's a lot of things going on. You have businesses, you have everything. So how are you keeping everything in front of you? Like, how are you like getting everything done? You've got school, you've got business, you got, you're going to start doing real estate. How do you get everything done? Yeah. It seems like a simple concept. Um, I'm going to talk about two things here. Oh, one are probably tangible tools you can you can use to make sure you stay on track, and then the other ones are are not tangible. Um, first things first. I wake up every day, and this might sound weird, but but my you know you got to think about where my mind's at, right? My mindset. I wake up every day and I look in the mirror and I tell myself, "You are going to fail at something today. You are going to say something that makes someone upset. You are going to not reach a goal that you have set for yourself." And I say that to myself. And the only reason why that's not negative for me is because of the way that I view failure. Failure isn't a bad thing. Failure is one of my best friends. Failure is the reason that I'm sitting in front of you talking today, Austin. And failure is, is you know, it's been a huge part of my life. So, but at the same time, it's how I deal with failure. 
So off the bat, I'm going to say, you know, don't beat yourself up. Right. When, you know, I have this crazy busy life and when there are things that I don't get to, or there, when there are things, you know, when I don't meet expectations, I don't beat myself up. I look at that and I, and I see where do I need to tweak it? And, and the reason I start with this is because it's inevitable and it's going to happen. And when you start to take control of your life, you realize that the energy that you're putting out into the world, everyone wants to be a part of your world now because you're putting out all of this positive energy. So in order to make sure that, you know, expectations are met, like there's, there's going to be failure and it's an, it's inevitable. So I, I really implore you guys to not be too hard on yourself when you don't achieve something. Two, um, there are a lot of practices you can do to keep yourself grounded. So when I go from task to task, a lot of the time I use meditation as a tool, even if it's, you know, two, three, four, five minutes to reset my mind. Um, so I'm starting fresh from one task to another. Journaling is, is very important too, because it takes, we talked about it this morning, Austin, it takes the billion thoughts a day I have bouncing around in my skull and it, it puts them on paper in a structured way. And it doesn't seem so scary when it's, when it's like that. And you know what, I had to learn all of this from failure. You know, when I have a billion things going on in my life, I need to look at my calendar and I need to make sure that I'm keeping up with that. I need to make sure that I'm, I'm putting in, um, I'm blocking out my time, even into five minute blocks if I have to, right. If I look at my Google calendar, there'll be five minutes to, to, you know, drink a glass of water when my days are really crazy. Probably the most important thing though, that I've learned, and you help me with this, Austin, is to sometimes take a step back, take a full day and just reflect. Think about why we're doing what we're doing. As an entrepreneur, I consider myself a why person, a visionary, right? I have, I, I'm, I'm the vision guy. I, you know, I make things come to life and eventually, you know, as we become more successful as a why person, you can pay someone to do the how, right? So you have a vision and then you, you outsource uh, people to do your how. So your marketers and your accountants and all that stuff right now, I'm the why person and I'm the how person and the hows get so big, right? Those daily tasks, your to-do list all of the moving parts of your business and your life get so big that sometimes I forget why I'm doing what I'm doing in the first place. So I need to take a step back sometimes and really remember why I got into this business, why I'm taking care of myself, why I'm sober. And from there, it gives me the motivation and the drive that I need to get done what I need to get done. We just went to a masterclass, guys. I just got to school. <laughs> that was fucking no gangster. Guys, rewind that, listen to that. That should be a video on its own. We're going to pull that apart because it was an amazing explanation of ultimately what I say the spoke in the wheel. The wheel can get turning and we can get so far down the rabbit hole that we don't even know how we got there or why we got there. Mm -hmm. And if you don't stop and you don't smell the roses and you don't reflect on your day, you're going to wind up somewhere. Like think of it this way. You're going to wind up at the end of a cul-de-sac with your shirt off, you have no pants on, and you're like, fuck, how did I get here? And so by taking a moment, sitting back and reflecting, you know, what do they tell you? Sometimes you got to slow down to go fast. Sometimes you got to slow down to go fast. And I'm so guilty of it. Like, sometimes you got to take a minute, 
realize, okay, shit, I need to service what I can service. What's my priority list? When I identify the priority list, then with big attention, working in attention against that priority list, then I can move mountains. But you're 100% right. We sometimes just focus on the, the how, the doing, but not understanding why we're doing it. And if you understand why you're doing it, then you can move away from feeling attached to it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Exactly. And you know what, like the way I like to look at it, cause it's something that makes sense to me and you know this Austin, but I, um, I fight Muay Thai. Like I, I, I train, uh, like K1 kickboxing Muay Thai. And one of the things that I've seen in my club is you have these new guys come in, right? Big beef cakey looking dudes, or, or you have these people come in and there are these guys with huge egos, and my, my kickboxing instructor, who's an incredible guy, and he's brilliant, very wise, one of the things I always hear him tell the new guys that come in is, because they, they come in and they want to just start throwing punches with power and speed, right? And he says, you need to work on your form, because if you don't work on your form, you develop bad habits. And the thing is, you don't necessarily practice power and speed. You practice form and the power and speed come. So when I look at my life, well, that's what I'm doing is I'm building the form, right? I'm taking it slow and I'm, and I'm building the base and the foundation and the rest will just come. And then, you know what, man, I've seen it. I've seen little skinny dudes that are like 110 pounds come in and they could knock me on my ass with their right hook, right? It's just, it's, it's the same, it's the same concept. It's all about my, it's more about mindset than it is about anything. No, I, I uh, couldn't agree more. I trained, always wanted to get into boxing a little bit. Can't fight for shit. I can hurt somebody, that's for damn sure. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a rhino, but never really got any training around it or anything. And I trained with a UFC guy, uh, and we were doing some boxing. And, man, I was exhausted. But here's why. Had nothing to do with how much we were punching. To remember the combinations and where to move your body, dude, it was like – I've never worked my brain that hard ever. And like, I left that thinking, man, I just went through a mental workout. Yeah, absolutely. It's an art, man. Yeah. And that's not to mention the ab workout he put us through, which I still hate his guts to this day. (laughs) But but that's some, that's no joke. That's real Mm -hmm. training. Right. And I think sometimes in life we worry about the physical training. And I was talking to a dude the other day. This is what he does. Weird. I haven't vetted it out. I haven't talked to him about it enough to understand but he purposely brushes his teeth with his left hand and, and he's right-handed. And what he's trying to do is he's trying to break patterns in his body to make his brain sharp. Yeah. And so what I tell everybody is sometimes you go down the same road to work too much and your life feels monotonous. So if you go down J street for fucking six months, maybe go to F street for a couple of weeks just to change it up. Exactly. And you know what? It's like what you what you told me, Austin, right? You know, when I kind of hit a bit of a mental wall um, and I was so focused on real estate, my business, personal development, all those things. And I didn't necessarily do this exactly. But you said, like, go buy a book on Latin dancing, switch it up a bit. Right. Yeah. Do something you love. You love to do as well. And that's been like a huge game changer for me because, you know, to find a creative outlet as well, you know, switch up, switch up the pattern. Think of it this way. Neurons, like thinking, thinking, real estate, real estate, real estate, real estate, real estate. How can you see what's around you? Or how can you have a new idea if that's the only thing you're focusing on? But by talking about 
Latin dancing or painting or art, you're opening up other parts of your brain to access a different thought. And with a different thought, we can change the way we view something. And, and, and that's why to have people in your corner that can see the angles that you can't see, because sometimes we're too close to the forest to see the trees. And so you have to ask yourself, if you're too for, close to the forest to see the trees, what am I even looking at? Right. Yeah. And, and so we have to be careful that we don't get too far down the rabbit hole and lose the purpose and the reason that we started the journey in the first place. And by doing that is focusing on the same thing too much. Yeah, exactly. It becomes monotonous and we end up just resenting it in the end. And, you know, Oh, go yeah. ahead, sir. no, I'm just, I think that's, I think that's the thing. I think that the inaction of people sometimes is predicated on the resistance to monotony. Yep. Which is just a, it's, it's, it's fear coming back again. Mm-hmm. Right. Like how did I get here? This is because here's the kicker and I'll, and I'll share this story. I wanted to be the Airbnb guy. I wanted to embody it. That's what I wanted. Like I could do this better than anybody else. Well, then I walked out on that ledge, 27 properties. And I was the Airbnb guy on Instagram and I was this, and I had to wear the label that I didn't want anymore because that's what people viewed me as. And then I got there and got scared. And I was like, I don't even fucking like this. And so you got to be careful what label you put on yourself. Absolutely. And then look at how, how you change your life too. Right. And that's one of the things, like if, if people get anything from this podcast, especially when, you know, when I direct this to younger kids, my age, right. Is that, you know, you're never too young to figure this out or you're never too old to figure this out. Right. Time doesn't matter. Right. So, you know, there's no time like the present to start taking control of your life. And the only reason I say that is, is that fear thing again, right? Cause you know, whether or not, you know, we're just starting out and, you know, we've been thinking about wanting to start a business or, or maybe we're like you Austin, where you started a business and you don't like that label that you put on yourself. It is like, you owe it to yourself to make that change. Mm-hmm. Right. hundred percent. You owe it to yourself, but here's the kicker. Not only do you owe it to yourself, you also control what you do too. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and when I look at my life, like even as a 23 year old kid, you know, 10 months ago, I would have never thought that I would be an entrepreneur, uh, a mindset coach, you know, a real estate agent, all of the, all of these things, I had no idea. But what I started to do was I started to get curious and I started to, I basically realized that, you know, my daily actions were not living up to my potential. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and then all of a sudden the fear all went away and the justification stopped and the rationalization stopped because that's another aspect of fear, right? Is we justify our actions in our own mind because we're so afraid to look at what it really is. And, you know, a huge mentor of mine told me, you know, justification, rationalization, and masturbation. What's the common theme between all three? You're just fucking yourself in the end, man. And I, and I had, I had to, I literally had to live by that and realize that, that the justifications and the rationalizations were just fear. 
I can't compete with that because you just dropped the hammer. And if that's not a shirt for Beehive in the next week, <laughs> I'm taking the trademark. That was mic drop shit right there. So, dude, if people want to find out more about you, um, Beehive, all that thing, how do they do that? Yeah, so um, we have a website, uh, www.3hive.buzz. That's the number three, E-E-H-I-V-E dot B-U-Z-Z. And then we're also, we can be found on Instagram just under three hive as well. Guys. And you know, the internet stopped a couple of times. We don't care. That's life. They don't like, they don't like internet in Canada. So we do <laughs> apologize for that, but we're just going to leave it is because the, the, the message and the stories are just as impactful. Um, and I can't thank y'all enough for listening guys. Make sure you send it out to your friends and we see you next time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Construct Your Life with Austin Lenny. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to start constructing your life by taking immediate action on what you learned. For show notes, resources, and more information on -on one-on-one coaching with Austin, visit constructyourlifepodcast.com.